Um, good Monday morning. It is August 30th. I wasn't even going to do one this week. I'll be honest with you. I am like probably still grieving. I guess I'm in like a numb phase, which is like lasted over two weeks. My father passed away on August 13th. And yes, for anybody wondering, I have totally, I see a counselor. I've seen her twice since then. And she says numbness is normal. It's so funny because anybody who's like, remember studying in college, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's stages of grief, it's like you have denial, then you get like anger, then you do bargaining, then depression, then acceptance. And my therapist was like, oh, you might be in the denial stage. And I'm like, no, I know he's dead. Like, I'm not denying that somebody died. And she's like, no, 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 you're denying how you feel about it. And then it like all clicked because here I am in my mid 40s. And I fucking like 100% thought that like when you're in denial, it's like that whole, no, they can't be gone. This couldn't have happened. And I that could be part of it too. But she was saying that the part that I didn't realize was you can absolutely deny your own feelings and how you're processing it. So now the question is, how long am I going to be numb like this? I can see it going on for quite a while. And I, you know, I actually talked to a nurse friend of mine who I haven't talked to in about a year. And we had this very enlightening conversation about, you know, we went to college together. We became nurses together. We got our first job together in Cleveland and we carpooled together and we had them put us on the same schedule because we, she had to drive 75 miles. I had to drive 60 some. We usually met, you know, at a Flying J place in Saybrook and we drove in together and we did that for years. And uh, so we've been doing this for a long time. And she said that her own grandfather had passed away and she kind of didn't have any feeling about it. And she was very close to him. And she wondered if our jobs make us numb to loss. And boof, I'm working through that, to be honest with you. Like, I can remember over my whole span of my career, different instances that stick out for me. I can remember doing CPR on a baby that didn't make it. I can remember having two traumas in one shift, starting my shift, ending my shift with children that had to be life flighted out. Um, I can remember hearing a very crowded room while we were doing CPR on an older woman. They were crying, you know, mommy, mommy, don't go. I love you. And like hearing that while you're trying to do CPR, I can remember having a father die and the wife was beside herself and her son who looked to be about my son's age was consoling her. And I remember thinking, wow, you know, like I just, their whole life just changed right this second. And this young man lost his father and he's consoling his mother. And I just, it was like, you know, I remember making me a little bit sad, like thinking, okay, I'm not a fucking robot. Like these instances made me sad in my career that they stuck with me for so many years. Now, having said that, I also remember having to keep going like my shift starting with a little tiny tiny baby that passed away and then 11 hours I had to stick there and take care of people your chest pains your abdominal pains your bullshit I have a dental pain for eight years and I haven't seen a dentist and just having to like deal with you know management are your whiteboards updated and make sure you down your IV bags because you know you have to down them we're gonna send you little emails and you're like I just fucking had a dead baby this morning and my fucking smell like dirty diaper in my nostrils like thinking I might have some PTSD from it but let me make sure I check my emails and down those IV bags I had to pause for a second just to kind of regroup what I was saying and what my points were God only knows right I think what I worry about is that all the years I've spent 
and not just the years I've been a nurse, but the decade before I became a nurse that I was an aide and my whole growing up years of volunteering at nursing homes and just really my whole life and family, just being surrounded by so much death. I fucking worry sometimes that like, I just can't feel like I make a lot of fucking jokes to deal with shit. That is my go-to method. So everybody's like, oh, you know, she's so funny and it's great. I can promise you that fucking with all the jokes I'm making, like somewhere deep down in there is probably some fucking trauma that I'm just ignoring the fuck out of, you know, like I'm just gonna, I don't know ignoring it does seem to work and I know it doesn't work long term because we talk about that in my own therapy like you can't avoid shit you cannot avoid bad things happening to you and just think if you stay busy enough you won't have to think about it like it'll work for a time it's definitely like an avoidance thing it'll work but it's gonna fucking come back to bite you in the ass and my current worry is that I'm going to be like at a store with my kids and I'm worried that some fucking song will come on the radio or something something will like trigger my fucking you know, oh my god, my dad died, and I'm going to, like, have a meltdown, and I'm going to, like, you know, it's gonna be, like, fucking Steel Magnolias, where Sally Field just starts screaming, why, and starts, like, you know, freaking out about her daughter dying, but she does that at the funeral, which is appropriate, not months later at a grocery store, and somebody's, like, unsuspecting people around you are like, what the fuck's wrong with that woman, like, that's, that's my worry, that's literally my worry, so yeah, Everybody cross their fingers that shit doesn't happen because that's like such a huge worry I have because I'm so numb. Like, I don't know. I didn't cry at the fucking funeral. I, I, I think it's bothering me that I'm not crying. Like, I've had a couple teardrops escape my eye being like, wow, you know, this is kind of fucking crazy. But then I've also unfortunately had other shit wrapped up around my dad passing away. Just stuff that I don't even care to talk about that I'm just like, it's like taking away from processing it, if that makes sense. So that might be part of what's going on. My therapist recommended like 20 minutes a day I sit down with my own thoughts and process it. Last week we were super fucking busy. I don't know if I really sat and processed much. Mark's back at work this week, so, you know, I've got time today. Although my self-care this morning looked like my youngest son. We were watching Legally Blonde. And while watching Legally Blonde, he was like, I want s'mores for breakfast. And I'm like, that's a fucking fantastic idea. And we made s'mores for breakfast in the microwave and watched Legally Blonde. So that was like a perfect start to my day today, to be honest with you. And then I have to go all the way out to Shaker Heights for my kids wiring in their braces. So, you know, something that will kind of, I guess, keep me from not thinking about shit too much. But yeah, there's this really cool article that talks about grief. I'm going to try to link it in here just because I guess numbness is very normal. How long it lasts, I don't fucking know, but, and I haven't picked up a lot of hours at work because again, my worry is I'm going to like have a fucking meltdown somewhere where like, it's not good for me to have a meltdown. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't really want to pick up a lot of hours right now. I just want to process this. And you know what? I'm fucking lucky that I get to process it. I remember my husband's dad passed away. He had the three days of bereavement and then back to fucking work. Your dad died three days off back to work. Uh, you have PTO. You could take some more time off. But yeah, we live in a weird society where we just don't like to talk about grief. We want everybody to be happy and joking and nobody likes a Debbie Downer. I know you all know that skit from SNL. It used to crack me up so much, but like just wah, wah, you know, like somebody always having to fucking be a Debbie Downer. Like we do not like that. We like, my husband always says a sociology professor used to talk about the beer commercials, living for the weekend. And you know, you work 80 hours a week, you get your one day off and you do everything and look at me, I'm having fun. I'm at the beach. Yeah. You know, and it's just there's something wrong with us. I feel like society has a sickness and I know I keep talking about capitalism being a sickness. Like I fucking feel like 
I don't know, we are not meant to fucking work for other people for 40 to 80 hours a week and never see our families. Like, there's something wrong with that. And I think, if anything, my dad, he was mowing lawn and doing maintenance for the apartment buildings that he did. He was a maintenance person the day he died. He's 70 years old. He was mowing the lawn, running errands, because my father stayed busy. That's all he did was stay busy. And then he died. He was walking into a store to buy something and did not walk out, just collapsed and died. And something that's really sticking out in me is a conversation we had in the last few years before he died where he told me that me and Mark were doing it right. We were picking our family and doing without things to be able to work less. You know, we bought a fucking foreclosed home. We have, we paid off our vehicles. We don't have newer vehicles, but they're paid off. We don't have credit cards. Like basically one of us can work part time and pay the house payment utilities because that's all we have to worry about. So we don't have to work a lot of hours. I mean, does it sometimes bite you in the butt? Sure, I need a new roof. You know, <laughs> like I gotta, you know, I've talked about that before on my podcast, but, uh, you know, we'll figure out a way. We always do. But what I won't do is take time away from the people I love in my life to work these crazy amount of hours. Like, we've had the conversation with the kids. Do you want us both to work full time and we'll have money to go out to eat? We'll have money for vacations, money for more toys? Or do you want me here? And they'd rather have us home more. And, you know, your kids are young for fucking, like, you know, just you have them for not even two full decades, and then they live their own lives. So for us to make sacrifices for just these little bit of time we have with them, I'm all for it. And my dad kept telling me that we were doing things the right way because he said you can't get time back. You can't have time to spend with people. And I I don't know. I think I'm having these big revelations of things I want to do and things I don't want to wait to do. And so it's just something to think about. You know, make those big decisions. We are not getting any younger. And I don't want my last day of life to be fucking working for somebody else. Not seeing my family. It just, it's fucking with my head a little bit. So yeah, I've got to figure out something that's going to work for me. And thankfully my husband's on board. That's helping me try to figure out what that is. (laughs) So just take care of yourselves. And uh, I'm going to try to link that article because I guess I'm a little bit teary eyed, but not to the extent that I thought I should be, if that makes sense. Like I said, I'm just fucking nervous. I'm nervous that something little's going to trigger it. We all know that. Anybody who works as a, as a healthcare person, I think you know you deal with death so much, and then you fucking go home and it's like something happens. Your, I don't know, like your fucking hairbrush breaks or, you know, your pen runs out of ink when you're trying to write out bills and you're just like, motherfucker! And you start like throwing it across the room and like you're having a really insane reaction to something little because your ass had to stay cool, calm, and collected with some major trauma hit. You're like, okay, there's a man in here whose heart rate's in the 240s. I'll go grab the adenosine. Oh, the ambulance is bringing in a person who's unresponsive that just got hit by a car. I, I got this. I got this. You fix that. And you're just boom, boom, boom. Like, I've had that shift. It's fucking terrible. Like, you know, I will swear. So, yeah, I just think that there's that might be why. That might be why I think some of us who have been in healthcare for, I've been in it for well over 20 years of my life in some form or another. And I think that maybe it's burnout that's caused me to be numb. So numbness and burnout, those are some things I'm kind of working on figuring out. So according to my therapist, she keeps preaching boundaries, self-care, and taking even 10 to 20 minutes a day just to you, to process what's going on in your day, your life, whatever. So that's the advice I'll share with you. Boundaries, self-care, and just take 10 to 20 minutes a day to focus on you and how you're doing. 